Welcome to Cast and Crank Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Phoenix Rods and Viking Heads. Check out Phoenix Rods at phoenixrods.com or on Instagram at Phoenix Rods. Check out Viking Heads at vikingheads.com or Viking Head Bait Co. Today we have Aaron Lewis uh, of Stained, also country singer. Um, country Boy Will Survives is his big song. He has a ton of other ones. Great episode. I got to go to the Irvine Amphitheater and record him there. He was uh, on tour with Godsmack, so it was kind of crazy. And uh, talks a lot about swim baits, man. The guy's an actual real swim bait fisherman. It's cool to hear from uh, someone like him that's really, you know, uh, into it. Like, very, very into swim bait fishing. He's also part owner of Leviathan as well. So uh, thank you again, Aaron, for coming on. And I uh, hope to get you out calico fishing soon. Um, super cool experience. Appreciate it again. Uh, check out this month's Patreon. This is the last week to enter for it. It's sponsored by Working Class Zero. Uh, he's donated some um, uh, five different packs of baits. You guys will have chances at them. So please check the Patreon link. It is in the bio on Instagram and on this. Uh, if you look at the information on this podcast as well on the deal, whatever it's called. I don't know. Shit. And uh, Toy Drive announcement coming soon. There'll be more vendors. Uh, I'll be reaching out to some new vendors as well. Um, it will. I'm hoping it's going to be the. I'm not going to say the date yet because I want to wait. But uh, it'll be coming very soon. We're going to have some cool stuff happening. Lots of different things as well. Um, that's about it. We got some good guests coming up. Some new guests. Some guests I've been trying to get for a long time. Pretty stoked on it. Uh, five years is coming up in the next couple of weeks of doing this podcast. So thank you to everyone for listening to this idiot run his mouth for five fucking years. <laughs> um, that's about it. Chat, give us a five-star review on iTunes if possible. Greatly appreciate it. And thank you guys for listening. And I hope you like this episode. Thanks, guys. Welcome to Cast and Crank Podcast. Today, I'm going to say I have the most famous person I've ever interviewed on my podcast. <laughs> I have uh, Aaron Lewis of uh, Stained. What's happening? How's it going, buddy? Man, I'm good. <laughs> Getting ready to do a show? Yes, sir. And uh, it just happens to be haircut day. So. <laughs> awesome. Um, so, Aaron, this is a, a cool crossover as well. He is a big swim bait fisherman, if you guys didn't know. Uh, he loves throwing the big bait. But we'll get into how you got into fishing when you're younger. <sighs> Man, my grandfather, my dad. I've been fishing bass since I was, you know five or six probably started with a push button zebco <laughs> and uh and worked my way up through and fished a lot as a teenager ended up getting a, Cro a coleman crawdad and had a trolling motor for it and we'd go out any chance we could and then you know kind of got sidetracked on fishing a little bit for a little while and and uh and then got back into it again. A buddy of mine was fishing the FLW tour at the time, and and I bought his one year old. You know, they the boat get a, you win off the, or you get a new yeah. boat if you're sponsored every year, and yeah. you sell your old boat. So I got a bass boat, and it sat in my garage for <laughs> for most of the time because I was out on tour at that point. Yeah, and. Uh, but started carrying around fishing gear with me and uh and would mix that in with with in between golf because i was playing a lot of golf at the time finally stained touring cycling kind of got a little bit less stringent you know mm -hmm. it was we we were on tour solid and uh finally got to get back to some fishing again and and then moved moved my not my home base but moved where i ended up a lot to nashville because of my switch really in my in my career path and decided i wanted to do something different 
which I'm I'm super uh, music dork as well. So I'm like a musician. So everyone knows me. I'm gonna be like, oh, music, music. So you could even backtrack, kind of like the stain thing too. Like I'm very interested in that. Is like how that came about. And the cool thing is w- when I talk to people, usually they go, then I get sidetracked. And a lot of guys, it's either oh, I start playing sports, music. I got into skating. You know, like Mike Gilbert or someone else would be like, yours was music. So your music sidetracked you on off the fishing at that time, right? Yeah. 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 I bet. Were you playing music uh, when you were young as well? Um, There's pictures of me at like four years old sitting on a stool in the middle of band practice that my dad was having with a microphone in my hand oh, and, and, you know, a set of maracas in the other hand, which was kind of funny, but it was what I could play at the time. And uh, so I've just always been around music. My dad always played. My dad still plays out. Oh, no way. He still plays out a couple times a week. Yeah. Up in the Northeast. What does he play? Acoustic and sings. Nice. Do you play with him sometimes? No. No? No. Why not, dude? I don't don't know. (laughs) Um, It just never, never goes down that way. I can't. It would have to be at like a private gathering or something. I, I can't show up somewhere that he's playing. Well, no. Would you invite him to come play with you? Um, I've had him come up and play a song really? before. Okay. Did he like? Was he like stoked on it? Is your dad like? Uh, oh yeah. Hot on your music career. I mean, it's like my son plays drums. He he was on the cover of. Uh, I always say this guy's. You know, I'm fucking repeating myself. He's on the cover of. Um, if you go to the Yamaha percussion. He's playing snare. He he does drumline, and it shows him playing the snare because nice. he was really fucking good. Like, then he just quit because he got burnt like sports, you know. Uh, but I'm like, fuck, man. He's so much better than me, and I played in hardcore bands, and I'm like, it's crazy seeing your son. But you know, to see like, I'm sure your dad's like, fuck, you know, look what you've done with your fucking life he, you know? he's, as a musician. <laughs> he, he's definitely very proud, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, when did uh, you kind of figure out when you were in high school and Stain came on? And when did, when did it all come on? Stain, when did you start figuring um, out? <clears throat> Not until way after high school. I think I was 21 when we all first got together. Okay. And how quickly did that take off? Well, 21, so 93, we got a record deal in 98. So you put some time in. (laughs) Hell yeah. (laughs) Playing every shit venue, (laughs) not even a venue, anywhere that we played a, a... a basketball court we played a bowling alley we played anywhere that that we could play yeah vfws that was that was the 90s though i mean i'm 43 so i'm a little behind you uh but punk shows and hardcore shows you played everywhere anywhere everywhere anywhere that they would let you play a show you would play with anybody Mm -hmm. it wasn't like no we only play with this type of music no you play with fucking anybody no it's crazy you know we're playing with godsmack tonight yeah well, us and Godsmack used to trade off shows back in the day. We'd go and play shows down towards Boston with them, and they'd come out and play shows with us towards Springfield. And we would, uh, they would headline it when we played there, and we would headline it when they played here. And, yeah. And and we did that for each other back in the day before either one of us had a record deal, and now here we are. 20 fucking years later <laughs> playing shows together isn't that wild it's incredible that's how i am with uh with fishing so with me with fishing is i i have all these dudes that i played in hardcore bands with and we've reconnected through fishing so a lot of these hardcore dudes stop playing and now they're like some of them are tournament anglers some of them make bait you ever heard of bass brains uh mark he played in this this bigger hardcore band called throwdown okay. and now he has a company called bass brains where he makes swim baits Cool. We reconnect with that. You know, it's just, it's the same thing. You, you, you move on to that 20-year mark, and you're kind of like, damn, what is everyone doing now, you know? <laughs> right? You get to run into the same cool, the dudes that you kind of grew up with. and Yeah, you know? it's, it's kind of crazy. Because I changed genres, 
I don't run into so many of the people that I came up with right. because I came up in the rock world and <laughs> now I'm kind of playing in the country world. I don't even know. I'm playing in my own world, really. You are. I think you are. I mean, like my my brother-in-law, he wanted to come. I heard your song, I'm going to say, uh, 500 times because we get drunk in his garage. And your song, I could th- I've heard it a million times. So it's like it crosses over with dudes. He's like a white gangster dude that got into country as he's older and he it's like that's what he listens to it's like you connect with different crowds as well mm-hmm. you know i'm sure at shows you get the different crowd as well too right these days very much so because <laughs> there's people from the country crowd coming over who's never who've never seen me do a show with stained and yeah. seeing their first stain shows and being there to see it because of the country thing nah, that's wild i also read something that was pretty cool about you are you goldsmith? <laughs> That's what I went to school for, yeah. That's pretty fucking cool. That's like, uh, were you pouring like into molds and stuff? I I was able to do everything from cast a ring, uh, carve it out of wax, cast it into metal, polish it all down, get it all finished and nice looking, and set a stone in it and hand a finished ring to you. You ever used a spin caster? A spinning rod? Oh no, spin caster. It's the it makes multiple. Oh yeah, where you crank it all up, you shoot the mold, you shoot the metal into the yeah. into the burnt out mold. So you know how that's what I I own my own leadhead company, and that's what I pretty much do. So all I have right. a spin caster. I make all the the lead heads and everything. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's, that's crazy. But to, to think like you could have really had a path doing that as well. You think doing the goldsmith thing? Did you love it? Uh, Jewelry and jewelry stores were in my mom's side of the family. Oh, shit. So that was like the family business. It was an opportunity to get into the family business. Okay. Was that right before you guys hit with Stain? Yeah. Really? Damn. Well, it was right before I connected with those guys. I turned 21 while I was in school to be a goldsmith. Damn. And uh, so... Once you kind of hit the and first... Was cra- my, my uncle, who sent me to goldsmithing school, he was like, so, Aaron, this music thing is great and all, but what are you really going to do with your life? And that's a, that's a direct quote. Yeah. So I went to goldsmithing school. <laughs> Little did he know, huh? Little did either <laughs> one of us know. I mean... When you when you hit that record deal, and as a musician, I know it was different back in the day. You had to work really fucking hard, touring, uh, playing with the right bands, getting the right shows. Uh, how did that feel? And did you feel like okay, I'm, we made it, or not yet? I don't know if I've had that feeling yet. <laughs> I, I still feel like I'm working really hard to keep the spot that I've got. Really. That's a good, I think that's a good way to feel though. You know what I'm saying? Don't be complacent. You know, why be complacent? Because I still work my ass off this year, this far into my career, this far after the peak of our success. I think this year might be one of the most lucrative years I've had yet. Wow. Just by sticking with it and persevering. Yeah. And pushing through everything and walking through every single fire I come to. Uh-huh. Instead of trying to go around it, instead of trying to backtrack and, and go another different direction, you come to fire, you walk through the fire. Because you'll never know what's on the other side of that fire unless you walk through it. Yeah. So was and that a big... Usually good things happen when you when you take big leaps of faith like that oh for sure i mean even just watching uh old stain videos like just you know going back and remembering like i'm i was when you guys were like it i think stain i was probably 21 you know 22 it was like huge you know when was that (laughs) 2001 when when, when did that happen that was I don't know you, that that ever happened. <laughs> I'm sure you're walking around everyone wanting your fucking autograph and shit, you know, at a time. There was a time. <laughs> there was a time. I'm sure you had all those fun stories, those tour stories I've heard from multiple bands that were, were a little lower than you and doing some crazy stuff. I'm sure. Mm. You've seen the Fred Durst shit. Your buddies, you know Fred, right? Uh, I've spent a lot of time on tour with Fred. <laughs> so and I mean, corn. Dude. And Kid Rock, and 
Seven Dust. And seven Dust, damn, dude. God, we did so many tours with Seven Dust. Really? Yeah. Damn, that brings it back all that, all those memories. And see, I didn't. Pod, even start, we did POD, tons of tours. San Diego with band too, yeah. That, see, I didn't start fishing until I was twenty nine. Okay. So I was playing music still, and and uh, that was it, just music. And then uh, my brother in law bought my son a fishing rod, and I got into it. So I've been fishing like thirteen years. So not as long as a lot of guys. So. Um, well, I just really started fishing at like forty eight. You think so? Because you you already had the mechanics though, right? Before from when you were younger. Oh, I have been fishing my whole life been fishing for bass and literally by the time i said enough is enough on the traditional methods of fishing for bass and the the bass pro shops methods of fishing for bass if you will (laughs) um i i I could have started my own tackle store with (laughs) The amount of rods that are specialized for the specific thing and the tackle to go along with it in every single crankbait that caught my eye on every compulsive day that I walked into. Like, when my buddy Byron finally helped me organize my fishing pile, I had ten of things. I had... Like, oh man, dude, it was just it was ridiculous. So, I kind of said enough is enough, and I've sold most of it. And I, I really kind of decided that I've, I've been fishing my whole life for bass, I've caught thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of fish five pounds and under more more than enough Mm -hmm. and i decided and i made the commitment that i don't need to catch any of those anymore and you know what every once in a while there'll be a really aggressive three pounder (laughs) that eats a bait that's almost as big as he is but for the most part this big bait game it kind of whittles all those fish out. All those fish that I don't care if I ever catch another. Do you remember when you uh, kind of got into it? Was it Byron that kind of pushed you towards it? Um, Byron was the boat anchor that I grabbed a hold of and got pulled right down the rabbit hole. Okay. But it was really Matt Allen, Tim Little. Tactical Bassin, huh? Tactical Bassin guys. They had already changed my world with the Bass Pro Shops method. And then I started really digging deeper and going to the older videos and and realizing how how much of a, a huge part that Matt played in, in way back from the beginnings of oh, all yeah, of dude. all of the swim bait stuff and 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 Tim as well and and just the amount of undeniable success, the amount of double-digit fish. Mm-hmm. Like, there was just no... So that was the beginning of what sucked me in. Okay. And I started with the Swim Bait 101 starter kit. <laughs> <laughs> with waiver, some S waivers, <laughs> and, we just and you know a couple. Uh, what what are the Pete ones? Sneaky Pete. Yes. A um, couple of those, and and you know a a, a, a Buka Shad or yeah. a, or a Gill, and and that was about it. And I never made the commitment really, where even though I had that stuff on the boat. The boat was still full of all of the stuff that I could fall back on. Makes sense. So it wasn't really until I just stopped bringing that stuff with me and not giving myself the choice to screw this. I want to catch a fish. Were you by yourself some of those times when you had a lot? A lot. Okay. A lot. So you had Most to make like a conscious choice. Yo, like, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, exactly. Like, okay. And uh, and I just finally got to that point where I stopped bringing all those options out with me, 
and I would just bring the big bait stuff. And it was coinciding right about the time that I started fishing a lot with Byron. Okay. And grabbed a hold of the boat anchor and took it right to the bottom. And, I mean, now I have... I have quite a collection of garage bait swim baits that as, as a, are uh, all the ones that everybody <laughs> wants. Right? So as a as an angler, uh, a lot of a lot of guys go. A lot of guys are jumping straight to swim baits. Do you think that your experience with the conventional helped you kind of learn how to fish a swim bait? If I'm being honest about it, I've kind of backtracked a little bit. Really? Where there's three or four things that I keep on the deck from the old way that I've incorporated into what we're doing. Because if I'm being honest, for the most part, unless I'm just bored and just want to go to the back of the boat and just cast... Because I kind of know in the spot that we're in, okay, I already, I've already, i already scanned all this. I've already watched it, and I know what's there. I'm just going to kind of go back here and not really pay attention to that and just cast. And, you know, I caught a 9.6 doing just that. Yeah. So it hasn't not paid off. Um, but doing what we're doing, I'm live scoping everything I'm, I'm live scoping a spot before I even make a cast mm-hmm. sorry about the background oh, no, where we are backstage at a rock show <laughs> um, so there's a few things and you know I've I've become aware of a few people and how they're doing stuff and Ben Milliken is one of them and and I kind of I kind of dig his approach on it where there's always been things that tend to catch big bass even in the old arsenal mm-hmm. um, you know a jerk bait being one it's not far off of a big glide bait right. people it's talk just, about that it's just smaller mm-hmm. so that's one of the conventional things that'll be on the boat on one side um, another would be I've usually got a small swim bait tied on on the complete opposite end of things. Like you know, a I'm gonna something. I'm gonna drag a, a nine and a half inch battle shad through there first. Mm-hmm. But if they've got no interest and I can still see them there, I'm certainly gonna try to feed them a two point eight as well. Oh yeah. Pull it right over the top of their head, just like I'm gonna pull that battle shad right over the top of their head. Just like I'm going to glide that glide bait right over the top of their head so that I can see what they do. I can see them react. I can see them come up to the bait. I can see them come up to the bait and start swirling around the bait because they're all fired up about it. I can see them come up and look and go, meh. I know what my next plan is. I know what the next step is. The fish just told me. You know? Do do you uh, so your plan of attack is like you you want to do it the uh, most efficient way? Your most efficient way is to have the live scope, correct? Absolutely. Okay. So when you saw Milliken, now can I still can I still just go to a lake and fish? Yeah, I can still read a lake. I I still know where what the best point is to start. Mm-hmm. Y- you know, I I know how to attack a lake that I don't know. But it also really helps when you get to that spot and now you can scan it and go, okay, there's the fish right there. They're sitting right there in that drop. Well, right? I mean, you got to think like you're a busy dude. You can, I, I don't you have can... time to put the time on the water like some people have. Of course. You know, I, I just don't. So that's that's the big thing, too. I think I, I back live scope. I don't, it doesn't bug me. Like I get tournament guys, and I get you know how. Listen, I I understand the old school guys being a little bit up at arms about it, but at the same time, it's an available tool. Yes. At the same time, embrace the fact that 
more giants have been getting caught and documented and released since this whole live scope thing started than ever before as far as a consistent yeah a consistency of giants being caught maybe the biggest fish ever weren't caught that way but give it a little time yeah i mean give it a little time especially when you can look at the fish that's on your screen after doing it for a while and know how big that fish is and a, a you know an 18 pound fish hypothetically just as a hypothetical yeah an 18 pound fish on live scope is going to be twice the size of an eight or a 10 pound fish mm-hmm. which is twice the size of a four or five pound fish and so on and so forth yeah. just the icon that comes up on the screen representative of the fish that grows with the size of the fish so after a while you can read how big fish are just by the blob that's on the screen you get do you catch yourself uh looking at the screen too much sometimes oh i'm, I'm playing video games <laughs> right looking at the screen sometimes yeah. i'm watching the screen at all times i'm my neck is sore by the end of, of the fishing day yeah i'm i'm watching my bait come through i'm watching the fish react to it i'm watching everything i'm watching the fish eat it and feeling the thump in real time it's it's insane yeah it's video game fishing you still got to find the fish you still got to get them to eat you still got to make the presentation properly Mm -hmm. it's just another tool do you uh so let's talk about the lakes you fish uh what's your local lake if you're going to talk about like where you like to really fish um there's a I'm I'm very lucky where I live in the Nashville area, so three hours in any direction, and I've got six or seven of the top bass lakes in the country. Right. <laughs> They're all right there. Uh-huh. I mean, Chickamauga's right there. Gunnersville's right there. Dale Hollow, Pickwick. Uh, Table Rock's not that far. It's like everything is all... Lake of the Ozarks isn't that far. It's not three hours, but it's not that far. You, yeah, you could trailer over there. Not, Absolutely. Not okay. And then, shit, it, it's 10 hours to the Great Lakes going straight north, too. I mean, every nothing is that far. Everything is trailerable. Trailerable... <laughs> That sounds right. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's cool. Like you can, uh, I guess where you live, did you pick that spot or you pick it because? I, I just ended up there because of music, music okay. and because of the industry. But it just so happens that, I mean, there's one place. Right yeah. There's there's a couple <laughs> places that will remain unnamed that there's plenty of teeners lurking around so do you so when we talk about fish uh location uh i think even when they do the online tournaments they get points to certain people that live in different locations because their fish aren't as big as you know say california or texas or wherever the lakes you're fishing what what's a big fish there you know what's the what what's like a big considered a big fish where you're fishing like some people say you know a teener 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 okay so that you're, you're still double digit. Okay. No, so you know we're we're right there. We we have all Florida strain bass, so you know we're we're right there. There's plenty of lakes. All the lakes that I'm fishing, anyways, are all the lakes in Tennessee that have Florida strain in them. Okay. So same same. Uh, so you're not looking like where some of these like Minnesota we talked about earlier, where you have when I'm home and, and, and when I'm home in New England, they're smaller. They're smaller. Okay. But you know I'm. I'm now getting the attention of all the sevens and eights, which are basically the Northeast's teeners. Yeah, right. How how has it been in New England fishing uh, big baits? Because have they not seen it as much over um, there, the lakes that you fish? You get out of California and, and this West Coast scene, there aren't very many lakes that have seen it very much. Really? You know, I love throwing a bait that I know <laughs> there's not a fish in this lake has ever seen this bait before. Yeah. 
that's that's the cool part i mean i've only been able to and that's another that. part of this game of the big baits that i love so much is that you know i'm throwing those garage baits i'm throwing those baits that are impossible to get that there's bidding wars for and <laughs> and and shit like that and so i know that the last 10 fishermen to have gone by and thrown something in the direction of this fish they haven't thrown it yeah that basically there's a really good possibility that no one has thrown it at these fish because there's only 40 of them in existence makes sense you know that type of stuff yeah so when you when you came over to the big bait the gear wise uh, what did you start picking up when you got serious? Like, what was some of the gear you started using? Like, reel-wise, uh, rod rods? Um, like I started out with all the Megabass uh, TC. It's that, it's that line that Ben... Yeah, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I don't know the name of it, but I understand. TS, TS something. The TS line. Mm-hmm. Um, which is basically a, a whole line of rods that's designed for all big bait stuff. Okay. I started with that. I really, I, I fished them a lot. I put them through hell. Um, I throw Shimano Antares DC Monster Drives, which is another JDM thing. Yeah. I just found 20 of them. <laughs> <laughs> so so that I can just have one reel and it's on every setup and I know what the reel is. I know what it's going to do to the bait. I know. I just know. You're comfortable with that. Totally comfortable with okay. that. And then uh, recently I I sold them all. Your Not rod, the reels. Just the rods. Sold all the rods and I am now proudly an owner and user and promoter and ambassador of 100% American-made Leviathan rods. Nice, dude. I heard that. I, I wanted to ask you about that. How did that come apart? How did you uh, hook up with them? Um, through Byron, but I met him at the iCast this year. And, okay. And uh, he personally liked the fact that I, that I showed up at his booth with a swim bait universe hat on and a swim bait underground t-shirt on <laughs> and uh he knew you're serious and i got no beef yeah i got no beef i'm i'm <laughs> i'm friends with chris i'm friends with wayne yeah i, I got i got no beef whatsoever I, you're switzerland we're you're all like me. well i'm switzerland yep. we're all trying we're to do the same thing we're all trying to catch the biggest bass on artificial shit I agree. So um, when you talked to him, uh, was he looking for someone to invest into the company? Or were you like, hey, I really like your product. I want to I wanna be part of this. Like, how did that work? Um, it was really... Uh, I love the fact that you're a God-fearing man. I love the fact that all of your rods have, have biblical connotations to mm -hmm. them you know i love the fact that they're a hundred percent american made which is very you know very hard to do gary loomis is the one that's making the blanks yeah. and and they're they're quality they're light in your hand that was one of the things about the mega bass rods i mean they are indestructible but they're a club in your hand. They're heavy. They're heavy right. rods. Yeah. yeah. I mean, again, they're indestructible. But that You're getting comes, tired all day. That comes that, yeah. at a at a at a at a price. Yeah. With throwing them all day. Yeah. They're heavy. I love that King of Bacharach. That is one of my favorite rods <laughs> ever. Have you been there yet? And it's Bacharach? heavy. No, I haven't gone yet. Oh, you have to go. <clears throat> I heard that's a really fun trip. Yeah, that's all I need is the cartel to find out that <laughs> there's a freaking celebrity there. That I, my wife will love to go. I played I played Mexico I think uh, in ninety two thousand. We did oh with show. the hardcore band. Yeah, yeah. And we pulled up. They pulled us over. 
the dude goes, hey, just throw us as much money as you got. So we got like 100 bucks, gave it to him, right back over. And I'm like, I was like, fuck, I'm scared. I didn't leave the venue at all. I was fucking just got drunk there because I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm a fucking coconut, dude. I don't speak any <laughs> Spanish. So it's like, you're going to pull me over. I'll be like, I don't know any fucking Spanish, dude. I'm just a fucking coconut. I'm, you know, just a SoCal dude. So it, it, it was fucking hilarious. But um, it's cool to see someone, you know, uh, you're, you're pretty famous to, like, invest into the swim bait world, you know, doing something cool. And the American Made thing, I backed that 100%. I, I'm trying to keep it my company that way as much as I can. It's just so hard, dude. It's really I know hard. it's hard. Yeah. And he, he's, he's still managed to do it with a relatively reasonable price point i mean you're gonna you're gonna pay a little bit more for a rod that was all made here i'd rather right i'd rather pay the little bit more knowing that that rod was made right here for us fish for us it's like hunting gear yeah you know there's hunting everywhere else in the world but they don't wear camo yeah that whole thing is for us american (laughs) hunters and it's all made everywhere else yeah none of it's made here like it doesn't i don't i don't like that i i I always want to support american i always want to support american when i can yeah no i I mean it's it's as a company you put that staple on your bag and even people don't know man you you could put american made on your shit when there's like five percent of it made in America, right? There's know? a there's a scale, exactly. there's a sliding exactly. scale on what made yeah. in America actually means. Exactly. A lot of times it means assembled in America by shit that was made everywhere else. <laughs> exactly. So, so I mean, at least I know that those rod blanks are literally getting rolled here, here okay. in Oregon, I believe, by Gary Loomis's newest company. Yeah, Edge. Right? No, Edge. Edge I yeah, think okay. it is. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, I mean, they're making the blanks. That's so, it's an American-rolled and American-made blank. Yeah. And, I mean, it's probably Fuji guides, but who the fuck else <laughs> makes guides <laughs> that are worth putting on your rod? Right. I, I mean, <laughs> there might be some component here and there, but yeah, the guts, the what makes the rod the rod was made right here. Yeah, no, that makes sense, 100%. I mean, it's... It's super cool. Um, what about line? What kind of line do you like to use on your glides? I'm about to switch to American Made on that too. Oh man, you're crazy. Which one are you going to? Gamma. I've never used Gamma. You like I, it? I. The people that have the people that I know that use Gamma are so blown away by Gamma that they're fishing 16 instead of the 20 oh, that they were fishing to begin with. They were fishing 20 of whatever else that they were fishing before. Whether it was Invisex, whether it was, you know, Sunline, whatever it was, they were using 20. They're so impressed with the Gamma that they're using 16. Wow. So That's how strong it is. That's your group. So you have the the group of you guys that kind of fish together is the Tennessee Core 4. The Core 4 thing, yeah. Yeah, so that's like kind of the dudes you guys share information with Mm -hmm. each other, right? So if like someone's like, hey, I back this shit, it works good, you're going to trust what you said. It wasn't one of them, but it was somebody definitely within our our circle. Okay. and, uh, And it's not, it wasn't just him, it was... Multiple dudes have came to you with the same... So and I think Gamma's made like right in upper Midwest. Okay. Like in maybe Michigan or or Wisconsin somewhere. I think it's Michigan. To be honest. Does that does that make you like buying garage built stuff because you know it's built here a little you more? Bet your ass. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. And and don't get it fucked up. I'll buy some JDM shit too. Because <laughs> the Japanese garage shit is badass too. Yeah. Oh, you man. know that the non-production stuff that's the stuff that i'm interested in i really don't want something that a thousand other fishermen can buy the same day that i do yeah you know i i like the fact that it's really hard to get your hands on any of the good colors of the flag 255 i know i love the fact that you know good luck finding an andromeda <laughs> yeah. you know i love that i love the fact that that these baits are extremely uncommon it it keeps 
it keeps the numbers down on the amount of baits the fish are seeing. I, I want to be the first person that delivers that bait in front of that fish's face. Yeah. I don't want some idiot 10 times over coming <laughs> in before me that doesn't know what he's doing. That's just teaching the fish to not eat. Yeah, yeah. You know, letting that having that fish come up and look at that bait and refuse it over and over because he keeps making the same cast with the same bait. That fish ain't going to eat that bait now. Yeah. That, bait, that fish has had every opportunity to study that bait and see everything wrong with it. And I, I don't How about a... This is a this is a question after you. I listened to my wife listens to a lot of country. I listened to some. Okay. How many of these fuckers really fish? Really fish. Like really fish? Really fish. I seen Luke Bryan. He can fucking pitch. I see him skip and pitch. He can fish. But how many guys can these I mean, have you talked to any country dudes that are like, fuck, I love like this. ate up with it? Yes. Um Not really ate up with it. Okay. I think that there's plenty of recreational fishermen in the industry. They might even have a bass boat. Yeah. But they're not ate the fuck up the way we are. Yeah, yeah. You know? Like there's not a- like the rock, bro. <laughs> <laughs> did you see his eleven pounder? Like that? did did you did you see how awkward he looked, man in that fishing rod? Dude. <laughs> Good God. Oh, Chris Pratt looks like he can fish. You know, there's no, a couple dudes no. that I seen. I'm like, he looks like he can fucking fish. You know, but I mean, uh, Benny Florentino, the he's a guide over for Calico over here. He took out fucking Magic Mike before fucking um, the dude uh, that's Magic Mike Tatum, Shannon Tatum uh, or whatever Chan- Shannon Tatum. Yeah. yeah, he took him Calico fishing before. He's like a big. He loves it. Oh, I know. Okay, so it's one kind of wild. You know, when you get to see people like yourself, you know, or even. There's not many that are, you know, into fish. I know there's a lot of athletes yeah. that will be into swim bait fishing. And, and uh, some. I know there's a pitcher back east. It's a big swim bait fisherman. There's some San Diego or uh, some uh, Oakland guys. But it's it's rare. You know, you find someone that's really into it. So it's cool, like, to see stuff like that. But I always wonder if these country songs, I always argue with my brother. I'm like, this motherfucker probably doesn't even fish, dude. And you're like, you know. <laughs> well, he probably fishes. But not, like. But he's, there's levels. He's not obsessed with it. There's like, levels. Yeah. Fishing is, a, this is considered fishing too. You're taking a rod with a bobber on it and putting a shiner on the hook and flipping it out there. and True. That's fishing too. I guess when you say, Nick, do you like to drink beers? I go, I love drinking beer. <laughs> I don't like it. I fucking love it. You know? <laughs> um, let's talk about the country thing, how, how you kind of transferred from staying to kind of changing it up. How did that come about? Well, I grew up on country music. I mean, it was the soundtrack of every good memory that I have as a child. Yeah. It, it, my grandmother turned that radio on when she got up in the morning to put the coffee pot on before everybody else. And it was the last thing that got turned off with the lights at night before everybody went to bed. It was country music was everywhere at all times around me. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I was done with Stained at the time, we had finished our record contract it wasn't it wasn't like I was just walking away from the band. Yeah, we yeah. we honored our contract and was finished it. Was it a mutual thing where you're kinda like everyone was just kinda like, hey I don't know if it was fully mutual, but I was ready to step away for a minute. Yeah. And uh and it was the only really the only thing that I could do that was something completely different that wasn't reinventing myself and doing something that didn't naturally come out of me anyways. Makes sense. It's kind of like swim bait And fishing. I didn't want it to constantly get compared to stained, like stained light. I, di- I, didn't, I didn't want it to be that. I wanted it to be something completely different. Yeah. So that's that what I did. It. Was it pretty easy doing the transfer since you kind of already, you, you grew I mean, up it on was, it? I mean, it was, was like, Country Boy that was, yeah. the tra- that was the transfer. Yeah. And that song I wrote on a bet with my plumber. My plumber bet me I couldn't write a country song, and I was like, fuck you, I can't write a country song. Was I that s- your first song you wrote? Yeah. No fucking way. Yeah. That's the first country song I ever tried to write ever in my life. viral as fuck. There's fucking 200 million views That's on YouTube all- <laughs> or something like that. Did you Did you just, how did you record it? Did you go to the studio, record it, put it out, or was it kind of, how did the first version of that come out? Uh, I want to say that that first record was a five-song EP. 
It was all that my record label at the time, which was still stained. I was still, I was still, no, I was on a label with stained Mm -hmm. and I had found somebody else to do the country thing with and all the stains record label would allow me to do at the time was an EP was an EP because I still was contractually obligated to them. Yeah. And they didn't know what to do with a country record from me. So they let me take it somewhere else on the conditions that I could only do an EP. And they kind of fucked themselves, kind of, right? I mean, the record did great, right? It, the EP? How many did you sell? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> couple. I, I don't know, a couple. <laughs> well, either way, it's like that, that song, that's a popular fucking song, man. You know? It was the last time that both George Jones and Charlie Daniels were in the fucking top ten of the charts. Damn, that's wild. But it was six decades for for George and seven for Charlie or vice versa. So, does this make you feel like this? Okay, I caught my PB a while ago, eight years ago. Okay, seven pounds. Right off the bat, first started fishing. It took me seven years to hit eight. Now, do you feel like since you hit that first hit like that, you really like did really good on? Do you feel like, man, I got to bring my shit to this standard? You know? You know what I'm trying to say? All my songs need to be these bangers or? It's, it's like trying to catch lightning in a bottle. <laughs> you know, you just... That's definitely not the thought process going into it. Yeah. Not for me, anyways. Yeah. I'm just trying to put a record together that at the end of it, I feel like the collection of songs is better than the last collection of songs. And as long as me is my own worst critic, as long as I feel like this batch of songs was better than the last batch... Mm Mm-hmm. Everything usually turns out okay. And you feel good about it. Because you're doing this for for you, really, right? To begin with. Yeah. To begin with, it's to get that. I'm just very lucky that I've positioned myself into a a machine that allows me to take what I've done for myself and put it out there for consumption by the masses. Yeah. You know, I'm not going into the studio going, okay, what do my fans want? What <laughs> what does the consumer want to hear from me? That's just not... Which is hard because country took such a hard turn uh, with a lot of a lot of music like um, like Poppy. You know, from when I when I with my wife, I know, to but it to look like, at how starved everybody is for some real no, shit. I, yeah. With that guy that just came out with the Richmond, rich men north oh, of shit. Richmond. That's a got it's so no, big. it's massive. It's number yeah. one right now. The guy doesn't even have a record deal. He doesn't have anything. He just wrote the song. Did and you put see it the out. video of him playing to like twenty people, and then it got big, and then there's like a thousand. It's kind of crazy. It's like he was just playing a song. But that's like, how hungry everybody yeah. is for something real, something they can wrap wrap their head around. Not this. I mean. How many more bro pop country songs can get put out that all sound the same? They all have the same lyrical content. It, there's, it's really just an empty song that has it has no no soul. Yeah, I agree. Nobody left a piece of themselves in that song. Yeah, it's just, just like it's about just some bullshit with the lifted trucks. It's just and, fucking word yeah. salad. <laughs> I agree. It's it's crazy seeing all that, you know, like uh, music even, you know, like because uh, I'm a big music fan. You know, like I used to be a recording engineer that time. I do all this shit. So I kind of like still follow up on stuff. And there's stuff I'll hear. I'll be like, oh, that's fucking good, even though I don't like the type of music, whatever it might be. But I always wondered, like, man, it's. You don't see the same country like that you did, and you still do that. There's a couple people like the person we just mentioned, but it's uh, it's cool to see, see people still try, you know? 
when you go on tour, do you try to bring certain guys with you that might fit that? <clears throat> so, when I go out on tour, none of the record labels will allow any of their new artists that would normally <laughs> open up tours like this. Yeah. None of them will allow their artists to come and open up for me. We just jade them? Because <laughs> most of the industry is ran by by liberals. And I've... have no use for liberals in my life um so how do you go about choosing the opener like you have to find like <laughs> i have to, i take out but i take out like, writers i take yeah, out okay. i take out guys that that don't have a record deal yet that have nobody to answer to that i think are really talented and that deserve to be able to play in front of an audience and 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 you open up for me you're guaranteed to play in front of a good size audience yeah. every night and and if you're good they'll they'll accept you and they'll like you and you know every every guy that's opened up for me has has built something off of it it sounds a lot like a comedy i'm a big comedy fan so uh a lot of the big comedians will take their friends and bring them up with them you know or bring good comedians up with them mm -hmm. so they can kind of get a little bit of notoriety, you know, which is cool. As so what I end up doing is giving people shots. Yeah, right? That's that's what I do. Which because, is cool Because the, the people who have been given the shot, now they have to answer to somebody else. Yeah. And those people that are the key holders, that are the gatekeepers, those people don't like me. <laughs> so... Welcome to Cast and Crank Podcast, where we can't get sponsors, because <laughs> I say fuck shit, cunt, and get fucked up on my podcast, and people smoke weed. <laughs> I have a, a clip of Caesar. He's like, hey, and my wife's looking, going, he's like, hey, dude, I don't have a pipe. I'm like, hold on, and I shotgun a course, smash it, put the sides in it, and he's like, all right, and he shows a bit in the fucking can, you know? So, but I'm like that with you. I'm like, I don't, I don't want to conform as well, like... I'm sure if I stop cussing and stop, you know, drinking or doing whatever on the podcast, it, yeah, I could probably get more sponsors, but I wouldn't enjoy it. Fuck no. You know what I'm saying? Well, I, I do understand what you're saying. It's, it's a little bit different where I'm standing for something that, a lot of people don't believe in anymore. Mm -hmm. And I don't fucking care. <laughs> the country was founded on particular specific things. Mm -hmm. And if you don't like it, go to a country that doesn't have the founding that way. Spend six months there and tell me how much you don't like it still. Yeah. We have something very, very valuable, the United States. Mm -hmm. Not because of its riches, not because of its wealth, not because of the oil, not because of any of that. Because of the freedom we have. This is the only country in the world where you are born with specific unalienable rights that cannot be taken away from you. And the people that hold control of power in this country are, by definition, committing treason. Every single day that goes by that they try to weasel their way around the Constitution, which also just happens to be the rule book that the government has to adhere to. Mm -hmm. The Constitution is their rule book. The Bill of Rights is for us. The Constitution is the contract that our government has with us, we the people. So when you hear government people talking about it's antiquated, it needs to... That's treason. We didn't give you that option. 
you swore to uphold a constitution. Upholding it doesn't mean trying to change it every chance you get. Upholding it doesn't mean trying to go around it every opportunity that you see. But we also need to wake the fuck up. Because it's our responsibility to police the government that we put into office. Do you think they're going to police themselves? Do, do you really think that those who, who's, who start <laughs> life and they go and they seek out that power in the first place? Because that's not for everybody. Or else everybody would try be trying to be a politician. Exactly. That's not for everybody. Those people that do seek it out, though, do you think they're going to police themselves? No, they're going to do everything that they can to gain as much of that power as they can. And that doesn't mean policing themselves. That means going around every control mechanism that's been put in place mm -hmm. to keep them from doing that. Do you feel it's hard for you to, uh, to work with a record label? I'm very lucky where my record label leaves me alone. That's good. Because, I'm, I mean... If I had, if I want to stand on my own two feet, I'd kind of want to almost their politics align with mine somewhat. You know what I'm saying? So you're probably going and looking at your record label because you're like, hey, let's figure out if we align up, you know? Oh, we don't. <laughs> we don't, but we believe we, we, align, we align on a, on a few things. Most importantly, you know, freedom of speech and nice. freedom of creativity and expression. And, yeah. And this is art. This is an art form. And, you know, when I put out Am I the Only One and there was a, a, a entertainment community-wide call for my cancellation, Fuck, my record label president would not stand for it. Wild. He's, he, he put out a, a public statement back and... And wouldn't do it. Which is great. Which is kind of like, yeah, freedom of speech. I, I agree. Like so, 100%, you know, man. no, we do not agree on, <laughs> well, much, I mean, I on agree. much of anything, <laughs> but we can have conversations about it. That's great. Having and a conversation is great. That can't happen these days this many times anymore. You know, it's like, very hard to find these yeah, days. Yeah. Um, let's talk about your PB, your big fish, what you caught him on. <laughs> Unfortunately, if I'm being honest with you, <laughs> I did not catch it on a big bait. I put my big bait down, oh, and I picked this up instead. And I was basically just giving myself a break because I'd been throwing big baits all morning. Arms, arms busted up. So... I picked up my lipless rod and uh, went at it tactical bassin style. <laughs> right. And I was fishing it for a little bit. This is just, this is how incredibly in tuned Matt and Tim are. Tim happened to be on the boat with me that day. Okay. And he looked over. He had, so. There was it was me, him, and Byron. So I had hopped onto the back of the boat, and uh, and the two of them were up front. And he happened to look back to see me working the bait. He's like, "Yeah, hey, do me a favor." He's like, "Half of that, just enough to get the bait started." Like, okay, half. Half, boom, yeah. PB. Nine, so were, eight. You, were you happy, or were you kind of like, "Fuck, I wanted a swim bait." Oh no, I was happy as shit. <laughs> I don't care. That bait is known to be a big fish bait as yeah. well. It's yeah. one of the baits that stays on my deck at all times, even though I've got all the big baits out there too. What's That's, your uh, PB on a big bait? Nine six. And what was that on? Chad Chad. Really. Do you have this Bro Chad Chad, the new one? I do. Do you like, what's the difference for you on the swim? Um, resin is resin. But there's a transparency to a couple of those colors 
that you can't get with resin. Mm -hmm. And I think that they did a really good job of a medium sink, pretty consistent from bait to bait action. I think they did a good job. What would you pick up though if you if you had to catch a fish? Are you pick up the resin one or the ABS one? I wouldn't pick up either. I would pick up an Andromeda <laughs> or a Doom Rider. Do you think too many people seen too many fish have seen those baits then? I'm really not a much of a chopping bait okay. guy. I don't really like chopping. I like making that glide bait come alive okay and if you've watched gizzard shad or anything like that they're not chopping like ever ever yeah they're not doing that in the water i've never seen a thread fin or a gizzard <laughs> or anything yeah chop in the water like that never seen it <laughs> I, i'm much more of a I want that glide to barely sink. So it's more of a suspending jerkbait in a massive size. Yeah. I want to be able to boom, boom, and glide that bait out there and just have it hang and stop and barely even be dropping out of the water column. I, that's my i that's how i like i like to fish slow with just little bumps i don't like creating big anything mm -hmm. the andromeda if i want big and wide that'll give you big and wide yeah as big and wide as anything out there you know i personally think sorry mr hinkle <laughs> i personally think that matt outdid the hinkle shad Really? With the Andromeda. Yeah. The Andromeda and the Doom Rider, I think that those are two of the best glide baits on the market. Straight out of the package. Tie it on and fish it. Do you like the big hooks compared to the small hooks? I know like uh, like Mike Gilbert likes to put a smaller hook on there. Oh, somewhere. I'm all small hooks. Small hooks, okay. That's what I love so much about the... the Andromeda's the, small hook. It, he comes, they come tuned. Yes. For the small okay. hooks. Yeah. Oh, I'm all about the small hooks. I love those swim bait underground hooks. Yeah. Those are great. Yeah. Because I always ask people that question because, like, when I'm for Calico, I'm putting the biggest fucking hooks I can. It doesn't matter. They don't care. You know what I'm saying? So I want to, I put a big fucker, get to their face and everything. You know, I give a shit. But I always wonder when people, and especially, you know, back east, I don't have a ton of guys I have on. You know, I have some because I like doing everything in person. I want to hear their opinion. Kind of like uh, with the baits and the hooks, you know, different. Different nuances maybe you're using over there that they might not be using here as well, you know? A lot of it comes down to water temperature, too. Yeah. As, as I said, I'm always trying to find that the most perfect, barely sinking. It has to sink a little bit. Mm -hmm. i got to be able to count it down a little bit. Yeah. But I'm more than willing to put the rod underneath my arm and pull my phone out, check my text <laughs> messages, and, right. and you know... <laughs> distract myself for a minute while that thing sinks you know four inches per second <laughs> yeah oh, fuck man i get but so that's but that's that magic spot where it'll mm -hmm. glide out and just hang there instead of dropping what the fuck fish have you ever seen <laughs> vertically drop straight in the fucking water right i mean it's the they truth don't but then again, what fish have you seen do? Like sometimes they they want some weird ass shit, and you see people do something really weird, and they're just catching them on it, you know. But I guess like if you throw like you throw crawlers ever. I, I have a couple. Okay. I have a couple. So you, people I have go yet like, to... "Why the fuck?" I mean, I, I guess it like a frog or a bird or something, you know. But I mean, getting bit on those is so fucking fun as well, you know. Shit, I love the crawlers. I got Caesar got me into that, so those are those are a lot of fun for me as well. Mm -hmm. but, yeah, I always, I always wonder a little nuances between here and even the water clarity, you know, is a little more dirty over the, where you guys are at as well, you know? Yeah. And that could play a lot with your color you like to use. I mean, I have, 
I have a range of colors for things. I've got the more natural side of things for the clearer, you know, better visible. Let's just be honest. You don't find clear water <laughs> in in Tennessee very yeah. much at all. Okay. Um, but clearer water. Um, but a lot of flat white, flat colors. Like, for example, on the ghost. Um, like deep purple is a great color where yeah. it's got that flat white that almost puts a it puts like a basketball sized glow orb around the bait yeah and the fish have to be able to see that oh yeah you have to be yeah. able to if we can see it with our naked eye how how can <laughs> they not so I, I tend to go with that matte white based uh, smoke, fog, deep purple for the for the dirty water. Okay. Um, but I've got my joy thief, and I've got you know the more natural colors as well. But do you see the sock bait? You seen that? I don't want to talk about it because <laughs> you want it, huh? Uh, <laughs> It's wild. I got to see I will it in definitely person. have one of the first few that ends up over here. I was like, for wow, sure. this is crazy. We saw as that toxic day, and I'm like, and the only person in front of me in line <laughs> is Wayne. <laughs> and they have the new crank they're coming out with. It's humongous. I'm going to say it's like like that fucking big. But deep, they're supposed to die like 40 feet or something crazy. Wow. It's crazy. I'm like, I'd love it because I would definitely use it for in the salt, you know? Oh, yeah. But yeah, it's, they got some cool shit. DRTs coming off a lot of ton of shit but um i appreciate you coming on man i don't want to keep you all fucking night we could talk i know you got to keep going and you got all your shit to get you got ready a show for. tonight yeah you got a show uh thanks man for coming on and hopefully oh, my uh, pleasure man we'll do it again yeah we can do it again and get you out going calico fishing next time dude i would love to all right thanks Aaron. appreciate it dude yes sir